Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who my friend Chris Corley is. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what Chris has done. So in 2021, um, Chris sold in excess of $18 million worth of properties as an independent agent with some support around him. And you know, typically, that's 35 or uh, 40 deals a year, which is remarkable. I would say that if somebody were to ask who's synonymous uh, with downtown condos, your name would be the top of the list. You've really kind of created a, a great reputation, you know, among uh, downtown condos, which we'll talk about. But no disrespect intended, who really cares about what production we do? Let's talk about the Chris Corley that I know. So we've been friends for what, about a, at least a half a dozen years, right? I'd say at least, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it started out with a lunch once or twice a year and a couple of walks along the way. But, um, you know, I remember sitting down at lunch and talking about how great it would be if we did $10 million in sales or whatever. And it's kind of steadily grown over the years through good times and bad, which is cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a good friendship. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I'm always happy when I see that you're going to be on the other side of the deal. And I know we've helped each other out just looking at properties and giving each other advice and, and all of that. Yeah, it's been very, very beneficial. And, you know, and you, from the development side too, you know, you have a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge of all the different buildings downtown. So it's been yeah. a good resource for myself to kind of bounce things off of and ask questions too. Thanks. I'm just glad I don't compete with you in the North Shore. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just go all the way back, right? Because this is about who we are. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada. Um, born in 78, uh, Winnipeg is better known as winter peg. Um, so the best I know, it's the coldest major city in the entire world with a population over 500,000. So, um, on the brutal side, summers are great. Um, and, uh, my father always wanted to move to the United States. He thought it'd be more opportunities for his children and kind of wanted to get away from taxes was the biggest mm. reason. And in the late eighties, uh, he made several attempts. Um, we got denied a couple times. And then our third time we got approved for our green cards. And uh, my dad was, um, accepted a job in Minneapolis. Mm. So we moved to Minneapolis in 91. The second coldest city in the universe. Yeah. We thought it was warm. Right. <laughs> and then, um, Moved there in 91, uh, lived there for 15 years, uh, went to high school there, um, hmm. and then moved to Milwaukee in 2006. 2006. For a different job. Okay. And as a young man, did you always dream about being a realtor and dominating condo sales? I uh, did not. No, okay. never even crossed my mind, actually. All right. What, what, what had you set your sights on? Um, when I was a little kid, I kind of wanted to be a lawyer and kind of wanted to get into environmental aspects. Hmm. Um, when I moved to the United States, just things kind of changed with education and school. I um, had a hard time getting along with people on a social aspect. It was hmm. just very different. Um, and we came from a school of kindergarten through grade six. We had 110 kids to my middle school. My class had 1,500 kids. Hmm. You know, it was just very different. And then I 
kind of started working and I just really enjoyed working a lot. Um, happened to fall into retail and selling men's clothing when I was uh, 17 years old, working at a store called The Buckle. Hmm. Really enjoyed it a lot. Just worked like selling, worked like working with people um, and just kept getting recruited from one store to the next and made my work my way up. Uh, eventually worked for a designer in New York, uh, ran all of our operations for North America. Wow. And then I decided I really missed the retail aspect of things. I missed interacting with people on a day-to-day basis. That's just what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I got an opportunity to move to Milwaukee to run two clothing stores or eventually be a general manager for both stores, take over one immediately. And what more, stores were those? Uh, a gentleman named Mark Pash. Oh, yeah, I know. He's Mark. got a store okay. in the North Shore, and then he had opened a, a new store downtown called MP2 next right. to Elsa's. Try to be uh, very kind of designer oriented, very trendy. Sure. A um, little bit more on the higher end, kind of more boutique ish, mm-hmm. um, which was something I'd come from. I'd worked at Nima Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, and um, um, Milwaukee was close to Minneapolis. I really kind of wanted to change. I came here for an interview, kind of fell in love with the city. I saw this big blue lake mm-hmm. and uh, thought it was really cool. There was a beach downtown. And uh, I said yes, and I moved here two weeks later. Wow, that's nice. Did you ever meet Mark's dad, Sam? I did not, no. Uh, Sam was a sweet guy. So um, he started, you know. Uh, Politics. Uh, right, exactly, downtown, and was just one of those consummate gentlemen. and. Mark is a great guy, as you know. And great guy. He introduced me to a lot of people. He was he was really opened me up to Milwaukee and really kind of sold me on the city. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves the city, is very proud of it, and uh, is very intertwined in the community, especially in the North Shore. Sure. Uh, cool. So um, you're you're working these two stores. Things are going well. Tough business. What year was this? This was 2006. Okay. Um, so market was still pretty good. Um, I'll just be honest. I found out very, very quickly um, that men in Milwaukee, I mean, this was a men's clothing store. Sure. There was a small women's section, but by and large, it was a men's store. Men in Milwaukee back then, I mean, probably even now, didn't spend hundreds of dollars on a pair of jeans or hundreds of dollars on a shirt or mm-hmm. thousands of dollars on a suit. Um, there, there was a few people. And, you know, we, th- Mark and I thought it was going to be about a five-year project to kind of really turn the store around. Mm-hmm. I thought after a while, Res is probably going to be a lot longer project than that. You know, Milwaukee seems to be more of a financially frugal city. Mm-hmm. You know, I, people like to spend money on toys and events and outdoor stuff. You know, they're not really so worried about the superficial aspect of what they're wearing and certain labels, certain designers. You know, you wouldn't think so much of that in Minneapolis, but, you know, that was a very big deal in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a big part of the culture that was, you know, about status and what you had to wear. Um, I thought Milwaukee being close to Chicago, it would be, Mm. you know, kind of a similar thing, but, you know, I learned very quickly it wasn't, but I fell in love with the city. I'd really felt like Winnipeg where I grew up. You know, the difference was that you had this big lake here, Mm -hmm. you know, similar size population, you know, no pretentiousness, you know, very blue collar. You can walk down the street, people look you in the eye, they smile and say hello. Mm -hmm. You know, I just love it. And, um, so that's, but brought me to Milwaukee. And you've built a life being a relative newcomer, right? And, you know, when you move to another city, the easiest way to move is if you're really young, um, you know, and still in school, or if you have kids and you meet the parents of the kids. But you were kind of in between, but you've built a really nice life for yourself as a relative newcomer. Well, thank you. Um, Okay, so... uh, How did you make the leapfrog from retail to real estate? I happened to, um, there's a developer in town named Peter Renner. Mm-hmm. He had recently had um, knee replacement surgery. And historically on the weekends, he'd go to his uh, 
a home in the suburbs, which had multiple levels. Because of his knee surgery, couldn't, so he's kind of confined to his downtown condo. And he was always looking for something to do, and he would come in and shop for me. Mm. And he just, over time, just really liked the way I shopped. Um, and um, after a couple months, um, he made me an offer to come be his head of sales at the breakwater. Mm-hmm. Um I actually said no for a couple months mm-hmm. and um, just, I wasn't too sure. I was, you know, I'd been about on um, my 13th year of in retail and I really, this was my goal. I really wanted to have my own clothing store and I was kind of to all of a sudden just completely changed directions in my life. And, you know, I didn't really know a lot about real estate, but you know, I'm very, I watch the news a lot and I read the newspaper on a daily basis. And this was 2007 mm-hmm. and, you know, there were signs the market was kind of hitting a bubble a bit right. and maybe going downwards. And this would have been a two to three year project. I mean, there wasn't, there was still a building that had to be taken down. So there was a lot of risks there. And, um, uh, after talking with my parents and my dad had a good friend that was in real estate in Seattle and discussed with him and just where I was in my life, he's like, take the chance. Hmm. And I decided I was um, 28 years old. I had no kids, no family. Now was the time. It's just my chance in type to roll the dice. And I figured if my reputation, my history in retail, if something fails, I can always come back to it. Yeah. You know, I could go work anywhere in, in the retail aspect. So I decided to take a chance. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was a home run. Uh, for anybody that hasn't followed it or wasn't around, it was a great success. It sold in really tough times. And since then, it's kind of outperformed most buildings in terms of resale. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was definitely tough times. We started um, um, 2007 with pre-sales. Uh, eventually, we finished the building, or the first people moved in May 29th of 09. By September, we had closed on 72 units that we had pre-sold, hmm. um, which was great. I mean, the developer paid back the bank loan. Everybody was happy. But then, you know, the previous fall, Lehman Brothers collapsed. And if it wasn't for the pre-sales, I mean, there wasn't a lot of new sales coming in. Sure. And then those last 25, 28 units were really difficult to sell. Mm-hmm. And it was one every other month. And right. then it became even farther, became harder and harder to sell. And they got down to about the last 15 units and the developer said, you know what, I'm just going to rent them all out. Mm-hmm. So he rented them all out anywhere from one to three year leases. And then as they came off leases, then we've sold and completed the building. Yeah. Smart. Um, let's talk about two of those aspects before we move on. Um, number one, Peter uh, has a very strong personality, uh, kind of a lightning rod. Um, but a really smart, really successful guy that knows his product. Um, you know, I think back to he had a kind of a legendary tussle with one of the architectural um, critics in one of the magazines that was kind of legendary. And, um, you know, it takes a big personality to to, to start a, a tussle like that. Um, but you hold Peter in very high regard. And, I mean, you credit him with really launching your career, right? Yep, absolutely. Career and, you know, he, even on a personal aspect, you know, there was, when I first started working for Peter, even when I was interviewing with him, you know, he, we had many of, you know, personal dinners and times at, you know, his house in the suburbs. And he was very open and honest to me about, you know, his past and things that have come up and things that were in the media and, mm-hmm. you know, about just his family life and just different aspects. And so once I started working for him and, you know, I saw his intensity, you know, it, 
didn't really surprise me and um, it never caught me off guard. And um, I kind of, you know, learned from it a little bit. You know, he was so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he is so passionate about is Milwaukee. I mean, mm -hmm. the man loves Milwaukee more than almost anybody I've ever met. Wow. And um, so when he sees crime and he sees things that are going on, it really disturbs him. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's one of those people that just doesn't have a filter. You know, he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. Sure. And, um, but on the other aspect, from a personal side point, you know, I love my father to death and I've had a lot of good mentors and people in my life. But Peter Renner is the first person in my life that ever like took me and says, hey, Chris, you know, put his arm around me and come here. Let me show you how this works. Mm -hmm. And sat down and broke it down, whether it be a mortgage or how a building is constructed. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd never actually had anybody ever do that with me before. Yeah. And it really kind of helped me bond with them. And, um, you know, I look at him as very much like a father figure. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that, you know, one of the aspects of what we're trying to do here is that everybody has a very simplified image of everything about us, about projects, about people we work for. And here's a guy that took you and, and really was willing to share everything he knew. And people don't know that side of him. And that's part of the beauty of these conversations. And um, I wanted to make sure that we, that we talked about that. Yeah, well, I'll just just so people know that he he can be intense, but he has one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. When you're in his inner circle, he really cares about you. Yeah. You know, I had a example a friend of mine last year. He did some painting at the Breakwater, just kind of a regular contractor, and you know, he came out with COVID, and one of the first phone calls he got was Peter Redder. Yeah. You know, just check it up, see how he's doing, do you need anything? You know, if I hadn't heard from the guy in a year or two, and yeah. you know, if he did, it was for a job, and so just kind of a little example of what he does. Sure. I can tell how strongly you feel because you're getting a little choked up, which is nice. I mean, that's um, that's the part of you that I know as well, and uh, and he must have had a great impact. And thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, so um, the other part I wanted to bring up about the breakwater is um, you, and I think you alluded earlier that maybe in high school or whatever you didn't have some of those connections that you would have liked to but that you developed in retail. But boy, have I seen those pay off um, in resales of, of units on Erie Street um, and the Breakwater in particular, but kind of all over town um, where clients are really loyal to you. Let's talk about not the level of business or any of that, but what is it about you and how you treat people that you see so much loyalty where it doesn't matter what someone else is going to say or offer them, they're going to work with you. Um, I think it's some of the things I've learned. A lot of it from retail sales, I had a really good manager at the buckle, you know, just to reemphasize to be a very good listener and that honesty is your best policy. You know, whether it's good news or bad news, it's just to be honest. And, um, you know, I think that really helps create a level of trust and that's also allows people to feel comfortable with me. And that's, you know, um, I'm just a big believer that honesty is your best policy. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's hard in our industry, you know, because you have clients, you have people's interests. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that's really the best pos best philosophy. Yeah. And you're a great collaborator. I mean, if I, I know the way you treat us and our team, and if you treat your clients the way you treat us, I mean, responsive, honest, um, 
And I think just a lot of it comes from, from retail is that just it's customer service. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked at some of the, even when I worked at Nordstrom's, you know, their month long training program was probably one of the best things that I ever went through. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, they really just teach you the customer service aspect of things. And so I think when I came into real estate, I had a different perspective than, you know, the vast majority of, you know, I guess realtors, I don't want to say just, I don't know, stereotype, but sure. um, I think that just what makes me a little bit different is just my history, mm-hmm. um, you know, of working in that retail and being so customer service oriented, you know, even sure. at Nima Marcus, you know, that's one thing, you know, customers always right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, after the breakwater, um, what did that look like? Um, so after Breakwater, uh, Renner was done doing developments and um, was gonna have, he was going to take some time off. I was looking for something to do. There was uh, a realtor who I had a pretty good relationship with over the years, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Seaman. And uh, she had just become the number one team at First Weber the year before. Hmm. And uh, she had always kind of said, the door's always open if I ever want to. And I was a little frustrated working the last few years at Breakwater because work for Peter, I wasn't allowed to go take somebody down the street to go sell another building. Mm-hmm. You know, I was limited to this building and only this building. Sure. And he was, especially at a time when people were giving out deals and negotiating and, you know, his price was his price and that's it. And it was really frustrating to kind of lose deals. Mm. So then I saw an opportunity that I could go work for Kelly expand myself, learn about the North Shore, not being from Milwaukee. I really didn't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, learn, you know, the first Weber's training programs. I always thought just from every company, that's a good aspect to go through and to learn how things are done. And um, I still had a dozen listings of breakwater left and then I still have that base. And it was a neat experiment. We'll put mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. You know, she was a great person, great team. Um, but I realized very quickly that not being from Milwaukee, I don't know the idiosyncrasies and the little details that you really need to know to sell single family houses, school districts, neighborhoods. It's one of those things that you kind of learn over time. Sure. And working for Renner for five years, I got a very, very intense education on the downtown market. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it really well. And so I worked for Kelly for about six months and decided just wasn't kind of right thing. And, um, was a little burnt out and uh, decided to take some time off, took six months off, traveled, had some fun, and then decided I was going to start my own business. Hmm. and just focus on the downtown condo market. Um, I really kind of thought that was, I'll say a little bit of the wave of the future, you know, where people were wanted more of a simplified life. You don't want to cut grass. You don't want to shovel snow. They want to mm-hmm. travel. They want to be able to just to close the door, lock it, and just not have to worry about things. Not have to worry about a hot water tank blowing up or a basement flooding, you know, different things like that. You know, you got a mm-hmm. property manager, you got maintenance on site, you can just walk away and move. Yeah. And, um, you know, Pre-COVID, it was pretty good, and uh, COVID actually ended up was ended up being a very good thing as well for business. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. Um, so you have a boutique uh, office yep. on Erie on Erie Street, which is a great location, and almost all of your business is condo business, right? Vast, yep, vast majority of it. Yeah, and you have a great reputation, and and I often call you, you know, hey, what's going on? What do you think of this or that? Um, so, um, what, who's you, who comprises your, your office today? So, uh, right now it's, we're small. So right now it's just, um, I have Paul Monagill. He's okay. a full-time realtor, um, dabbles in some commercial aspects, some new developments, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a full-time assistant, Cheryl Short, who's also a right. licensed realtor and, um, it's just the three of us. Nice. Well, you keep it tight and you control 
kind of everything when you do that, which is great. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, after losing Tom, it was just kind of hard to kind of fill that seat still. So yeah, it's been tough. Can we, do you want to talk about that for a second or is that just too soon? <laughs> Not unless you get some Kleenex. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say, um, that, uh, when that happened, I reached out to you and we took a walk that day and, um, uh, it came as a shock to everybody. It really did. And, um, you know, I hate to say it, but part of Tom's loss is what's motivated, motivated me to do this. And I want you to know that, that, That's good. that, um, that, that we don't really know people. Um, you know, we do deals with them and whatever, but there are all sorts of people, um, that, if we knew better, we would know that they needed us. And um, a sweeter guy you would never meet. I mean, just a sweet, sweet man. Um, consummate professional, took pride in what he did. Um, always positive when I dealt with him. Um, always looking for a win-win, you know what I mean? Like just a peacemaker. Um, always dressed nicely. I mean, took great pride in himself and, um, I'm sure it was a loss. And, uh, um, to this day, I mean, you never get over something like that. And well, it's been tough. It's just, it was, you know, it was March, 2020. That was a crazy time in the whole world. So yeah. it was just on top of everything else, just trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very good example. You just, you never know what's going on with somebody or in their head. Right. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I've lost a number of people in my family in similar ways. Um, and it's just a whole, it's just a whole different process. It's a whole different grieving process. And, um, my heart goes out to, to, to you, to Tom's family, to his friends, which of which he had many. Um, so I'm glad we could at least touch on that and honor his memory. And I'll just let everybody know, uh, we did do a little memorial bench for Tom. Mm. So if you're ever on um, the Lakeshore Park across from Summerfest, uh, there's a bench there with a plaque in nice. his honor from his family and from a couple of us local realtors um, just looking on the lake. So just yeah. FYI. That's great. Um, so uh, I think a lot of people that don't know you – um, when they think of you, they think of the breakwater, let's say, or maybe going back further, when they think of you, they think of fine clothing. When I think of you, I think of Lily, your dog. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't leave that out. So you have this remarkable relationship. I do. I have a dog that, uh, I swear she picked me when I, uh, decided I started my, I've always wanted to have a dog. Uh, had one as a child, but as an adult, just virtually working retail was impossible. Mm -hmm. um, I had, had cats. Um, and then once I started my business and I felt like, you know, I'm going to have open my office and that, you know, it's my company and she can come to work with me or he, if I got a male dog. And, um, so when I was looking for, I really wanted a golden retriever. I was hesitant about a golden because they shed so much and I'm always in suits. And then Long story short, I found this breeder in Manitowoc that had, they were called sugar doodles. Mm. So they're meant to be mostly golden retriever looking, but have the poodle properties. Um, saw the pictures online. There was all different color coded and there was 
Miss Gold and Miss Purple were the two that I really liked a lot. My mom was going to help me out with it. It was for, for my birthday present. I think she liked Miss Purple. So I went up there. To, I had to make my decision looking at them. And there was eight in the litter. And seven of them were just playing like crazy all top of each other. And there was this one that just sat there in the middle of the litter just staring at me. Mm. And I ended up playing with Miss Gold and Miss Purple. And the whole time there was this one that just sat there and just stared at me. So I made a decision. I think I picked Miss Purple. Um, because that's what my mom wanted. <laughs> and then I left, I drove, and I got about two minutes on the freeway, and I just started crying. And I just, wow. these eyes were just bolded in me. And I called back the breeder, and I said, I don't care what it takes. I want Miss Green. I mm -hmm. said, I'll pay extra, whatever. And she started laughing. She goes, I saw the connection. She goes, wow. don't worry. She goes, I'll make sure it happens. Yeah. And um, I remember one day I went to pick her up. I was the first one to pick up the litter and I knocked on the door and literally like she jumped out of the whole playpen. Like she knew I was wow. coming to get me. And, um, she's my life. Probably the reason why I'm single. Cause I pay her care too much about my dog, <laughs> right. but side note, um, yeah. she's comes to me to work every day. She's really the love of my life. Um, and, um, those brown eyes just get me every time. Yeah. It's incredible. And, um, I think our last walk, uh, she joined us and, uh, yeah, it's just a it's a really remarkable connection. And you were saying on a summer day, how far do you to walk? Yeah, so on an average day, we'll do five, six miles. On a good summer day, we'll do 10, 12 miles. You mm -hmm. know, she's nine and a half. And even this past weekend, we did like seven and a half on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit warmer out. And uh, yeah, she's still as playful, as youthful as ever. Maybe sleeps a little bit more than used to. Sure. Um, but still very active, very healthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. So. Your longest relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, so uh, what's life like now? I mean, you enjoy what you do, right? Yep. I love what I do. I love working with people. I have, um, I love my office. I happen to live in a condo basically right above my office. Mm -hmm. So I have a very short commute. Um, and I, I love the business I created. Um, very happy. Um Looking to expand a little bit. We kind of opened up, uh, I started a commercial website last year to kind of dabble in commercial a little bit. I don't foresee myself going into single family houses, just previous, on previous conversations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I really have no aspect in that. Mm -hmm. And um, I like downtown. I love Milwaukee. And um, I'm not going to go on and take on, you know, Founders 3 or, you know, sure. any of the, the big houses in town. But there's a little niche and um, the few properties that we listed this year, we all ended up selling. We were nice. very successful on. And, um, and actually a lot of it just was happened to be where I had good relationships with somebody. I sold their condo. Here's one example. A lady had her condo listed. I, I won't say with who mm -hmm. um, <laughs> downtown. And it was for about a year. Couldn't sell it. She asked me to sell it and we ended up doing a single party on it. Sold it right away. She was very happy. And she said, Chris, I have this commercial building over, um, other side of downtown that I've been having trouble with. She goes, I'm with a large broker in town. She goes, I just feel like I'm a number. She goes, mm. you, who would you recommend for commercial? And I said, well, I said, probably most people I know are on that same person's team. And I said, well, I have a guy in my office and I said, I've always kind of want to expand to a real estate or a commercial a little bit and who he's done gas stations. He's done some buildings. And I said, how about if we have a conversation with you? Mm -hmm. We had a conference call with her. She was extremely happy, gave us the listing. Three months later, we sold it. Beautiful. So it was just um, one of those things, just very fortunate, have a great reputation. And then uh, now we have another building with this lady as well. So we've been very good. And in true kind of Chris Corley form, you were just completely honest. You said, this is what I can do and, and not do. You didn't 
make yourself out to be different or more than you are. And I think that's why people like you. I mean, we, our currency in this business is trust. And I don't think most people get that. But I think if you play the long game and you're honest and trustworthy, the success follows. I would agree. It? Yeah. yeah. I would agree. I'm just, same thing. I just was just told her up front, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to treat it just like I would a, a condo. I'm going to run it through same process. I would everything else, mm-hmm. open up the different eyes, possibly different marketing that what you've been experienced the last three years. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Sure. Um, so how was this? Was this good? Was this okay? This was very good. You know, um, it'd be interesting to hear myself backwards after. <laughs> right. uh, this was my first time. So it was, uh, it was a great experience. And it's again, thank you for the invite. Of course. So um, when I thought about doing this, honest to God, you're one of the first people that came to mind. Um, and I would say that, um, you know, we all know you as being super professional, high energy, really knowledgeable about the downtown condo market, um, you know, responsive, all of these things. But you have a huge heart. I mean, you really do. I mean, you're, you. you're a kind person with a huge heart. You're always a quick yes, you know, for anything that I need and I'm sure other people need. And I'm just thrilled that to some extent people can um, hear a little bit about the Chris that I know about. And I've really valued our friendship over the last six or eight years, however long it's been. And, uh, you know, I consider you a resource and a friend, and I wish there were more people like you in our industry. I think you, you set the bar really high and, uh, it's, it's, it's just something, it's a treat to be able to say that to anybody that's listening. That's a very nice compliment. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. I think a lot of the same of you, you know, you're, uh, uh, a great individual, a great person, great resource, and always been a very good friend and a phenomenal realtor. Thank you. So I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer. No sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you.